This is Channel 253. In this episode of Crossing Division. So it's a it sort of like the weekly did something illegal, clearly contrary to laws that really are pretty straightforward. And in doing so, they actually, I think, trapped the candidates into or the candidates colluded in an activity that was also a violation for themselves and their own campaigns. Channel 253 is a member-supported podcast network. I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I'm asking you to become a member and show your support. Go to channel253.com slash membership to join. Thank you. Welcome to Crossing Division, Tacoma's talk show. I'm not your normal host, Evelyn. I am a guest host, Nate, from the Nerd Farmer podcast. Uh, I want to welcome you to the show today. Evelyn is going to be one of our guests. Uh, Evelyn has a, mm, I'm going to call a part-time hobby of digging deep into PDC disclosures. And for the uninitiated, the PDC is the Public Disclosure Commission. And she stumbled on a giant, 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 uh, we'll call... Yeah, we'll call a local scandal, honestly, uh, involving Tacoma Weekly. And so I reached out to Evelyn and I was like, you need to be the guest on your own show for this. We can break this down. And so I am joined today by Evelyn, host of the show normally. So Evelyn, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. All right. And then formerly of the News Tribune, occasional writer for Channel 253, uh, adjunct journalist, uh, journalism professor, uh, Big Sean Robinson. Welcome to the show. Hey there. So I want to just let's. I, so here's 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 me. I'm somebody who follows politics locally. Obviously, cares about local issues. If you're listening to this show, it's the Comas Talk Show. For God's sakes, you care about these things. And Evelyn Lopez blew up Tacoma Civic Twitter with a thread uh, last week. And let's get get into it. I was shocked at what I saw, and I think for the benefit of the audience, Evelyn, it might be helpful if you could kind of lay out. What are campaign finance laws and like why do campaign finance laws exist? And then later we can get to why the Tacoma Weekly is in such flagrant violation. Okay. This is actually a nice story about Washington State. Um, a lot. So in the early 1970s, when Richard Nixon was president, there was corruption, quite a lot of corruption on a national level. And it was concerning to people. And the good people of Tacoma came together with an initiative um, targeted at making, making Washington, did I say Tacoma, the good people of Washington came together to make the state of Washington um, really at the front of the open government movement. So um, the Public Disclosure Act was uh, an initiative and back in the 1970s, remember, we didn't have paid signature gatherers. So getting an initiative, getting all the signatures together, getting it on the ballot, getting it passed, that was a really, really big deal. And it's something that our state is very proud of and should be really proud of. Uh, so the Public Disclosure Act had a couple of pieces. One was the Open Public Meetings Act, which required that all government entities that are um, you know, fronted by a board or a commission or like a city council have to conduct their business in public with some limited exceptions. That is really important because the people need to know what their leaders are doing and what things are, are being done, especially in their name. Um, a second piece that's really a huge, huge uh, and important piece of open government is the Public Disclosure Act itself or also known as the Public Records Act. And this says, that all public records, and this is writings, films, everything you can think of, um, is disclosable to the public upon request. With There are quite a few exceptions, but the meat and potatoes of what government does on a day-to-day -day basis needs to be open. And the third piece was the campaign finance rules. And those have evolved over time, but they come to it down to a couple of basics. One is this, there are contribution limits on what people can give to candidates. You can't buy an election. You can't, you can't buy your favorite candidate a seat. You can't you know, just give them $100,000 to run their campaign. Um, second piece, and I think in many ways, um, the most um, important is that candidates need to disclose and they need to disclose on a weekly basis who's giving them money and on a monthly basis uh, monthly basis, what they're spending that money on. Uh, and as a result, the Public Disclosure Commission, which is a three-person commission, has a, just a wealth of data. 
in computer format that anyone can look at and anyone can search. And there are a number of ways you can, you can do that. And the more you look at it, the better you get at finding things. Um, the third piece is about advertising, campaign ads. Should not be any gotcha, you know, secret dark ads in Washington. Now, I will say, anytime you make a law, and, and I'm a lawyer, I know how this works. Anytime you make a law, you've got a lot of creative people out there finding ways around it. Um, and the Public Disclosure Commission itself has always been really very uh, underfunded for the responsibilities they have. So um, making a complaint to the Public Disclosure Commission doesn't always get you a swift reaction or a swift answer on anything. And usually you don't get an answer to your complaint before the election occurs. So it's not perfect, but it does mean that any, any person in Washington, any person in the world, really, you can find the information, can go onto the Public Disclosure Commission website and can um, either look at individual campaigns, can look at political committees, or you can also find out who's paying certain vendors and who's making certain contributions. You can do searches, um, in this case, just for Tacoma Weekly and find out who has given money, who has advertised with the Tacoma Weekly over the years. So, Sean, in your context, you're an investigative reporter and one of the best muckrakers in the biz locally. Um, I'm wondering, so these public disclosure laws and these, so like essentially like when I teach this in class, I say that like campaign contributions at the federal and state level have to be capped and reported hard money contributions. So, Sean, in your experience, like how often are these laws flaunted? Um, <clears throat> it's harder to do it in the state than at the federal level, uh, because the, the lag on reporting uh, is much longer. So it's easier to hide the money uh, in those federal cases. I mean, uh, the thread that you're mentioning here that uh, set off this uh, firestorm, Evelyn noted that in one case it was difficult to say whether a particular candidate had taken advantage of the situation we haven't described yet uh, because the candidate is running for a federal office. Um, Washington's pretty good on transparency, uh, relatively speaking, and it, it, things get flouted, but it's, it's, they usually get flouted in, in kind of ticky tack ways. Um, you know, somebody might say, you know, I didn't report this kind of contribution because I, didn't think it was a contribution or I waited, you know, three weeks longer than I should have. And, and because we're so accustomed to a comparatively high standard in this state, we will kind of treat those things as big deals. Once in a while, you will get um, kind of crazy cases. There's one from oh, a few years back from uh, a, an Everett area uh, legislative district where um, it led to a great big fine where w one party was running, I, I think it was Democrats in this case, was running a uh, sort of phony candidate against a moderate D uh, in order to kind of sabotage. And that led to a fine of something like, I don't know, $300,000 because they were playing a shell game with the money about where it was coming from. Evelyn will remember this, I think. Is that the Moxie Media? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Evelyn would remember this yeah. perfectly. Yeah. So I guess what I'm hearing from both of you is, is that like post-Watergate, there were federal and there were state reforms. And the state reforms are the strongest reforms. And for the most part, people have followed them kind of throughout post-Watergate. Yes? Yes. And I would say there's also a cautionary tale built into this. And that is that the Federal Election Commission, the FEC, you can go to their website, fec.gov, used to be not bad. Um, but it has been absolutely, it was dysfunctional for a number of years because it was evenly divided between Republicans and Democrats. <laughs> and uh, in the last four years, it has gone from dysfunctional to barely operational. It's not getting the funding. Um, it, it has, uh, you know, the leadership is, is not able to get anything done. And yeah, so if you, in one of the one of the candidates who we think took this package deal from Tacoma Weekly is running for Congress and you, you can't confirm it. You can't confirm that it was an expenditure because right now, or at least as of last week, expenditures on congressional races are only reported through July 16th. So, you know, 
in the last couple of months before an election, you need to know where people's money is coming from and what they're spending it on, really. And you can't tell that anymore with the FEC. And it's not an accident that that agency is underfunded. And it's not an accident that it has poor leadership or that, you know, it has become dysfunctional. It's very, very intentional. And, you know, we see this with a number of regulatory agencies on the federal level. All of these things we built up and we built for good reasons after the 1970s, a lot of them are being dismantled. And um, um, you know, I'm just making a personal note to myself that this is perfect for AP government. We're talking about really federalism is. and post-Watergate reforms. I feel like we're talking around the sin, but let's mm -hmm. unpack the sin. Yeah. Uh, so, Evelyn, what did you discover that Tacoma Weekly was doing? So, and I should tell you, it's not that I just randomly review uh, disclosure documents. I actually had uh, another candidate who had been offered this deal got in touch with me because I've been asking people to say, to let me know if there's anything interesting with campaign ads running right now. And so another candidate said, you're not going to believe what the Tacoma Weekly sent me and sent me one of those posters. And at first I thought, oh, you know, so they're offering a package of ads, blah, 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 no big deal. And then as you get down to the bottom and you see that what they also were offering was a full page cover, you know, a cover story about the candidate. So an article they were um, and then they offered their endorsement all for a package of twenty five hundred dollars. They offered. In fact, I'll, I'll pull it up here on my phone because it's just it, it, I, I have to tell you, I was shocked. I, my jaw dropped. They offered in their poster, let's get you elected. Here's how it works. This offer is limited to only four candidates based on space available. So they're being discriminating, you know, very careful. Only four people get this. And creating artificial scarcity, right? So they're creating face scarcity for their scam. But go ahead. Well, and they probably, I mean, what would happen if two candidates um, if for the same race decided that sounds like a heck of a good deal to me? Hmm. You know, but it's uh, 12 one quarter print ads, two full page ads, four front page ads. One uh, mega block ad that runs for 12 weeks, although they call it a MAGA block ad. In every print, they call the MAGA block ad. Uh, four eight and a half by 11 inserts. And here's where it gets interesting. A weekly editorial, a cover story, Tacoma Weekly endorsement. Cost $2,500. So, Evelyn, I'm sorry. You have this gift for explaining things that make it sound very, like, anodyne. So I just mm -hmm. want to walk folks through this. Tell me if I'm correct. You're saying that the local alt-weekly weekly in the city of Tacoma engaged in a pay-to-play scandal with local potential elected officials. Yes. Where they offered them advertisements and space on the opinion page and their endorsement for $2,500 cash. Heck of a deal, right? It's so shady. I don't even know what to say right now. Uh, Sean, you're the newspaper man. Like, I, I, I want to go to you for a moment. Uh, this is not how endorsements normally work, no? No, no. <laughs> so, Sean, what does what, what a non-criminal endorsement process look like? Uh, I, I, I just, before I answer that, I have to react to this thing. Because when I first saw it, I'm like, this is cartoon level corruption this is ah, this is crime this is crime like this is crime this is crime it's crime it's muppet show corruption <laughs> it would it would give sam the eagle a heart attack it's so over the top nuts i just couldn't believe it but okay the uh <laughs> the standard endorsement process number one your typical newspaper and i've worked in weeklies and dailies uh will uh, set uh, a slate of candidates that they're going to write about uh, and the, the news side will write about the races and the news side and the editorial side don't uh, collaborate on the news stories. The news stories are straight news stories. The editorial side will typically conduct uh, a series of endorsement interviews with uh, various candidates and they might even do, this is where editorial uh, groups actually work really, really hard because there's lots and lots and lots of candidates. And there's, in Washington, we like electing people. And there's lots of little small offices where it's not like the East Coast. Uh, you, know, we, we, you know, we have diking and drainage districts and all this weird little shit. Uh, now, we don't endorse for those, but every city council typically, every county council, 
Congress, obviously, uh, city, um, state, state rep, all those, all those people are going to get endorsement interviews. And uh, a newspaper editorial group will say, all right, we will give our endorsements twice. We'll give them in the primary and we'll say, uh, like this is the way the TNT did it. If you're a Democrat, here's the uh, the Democrat we think is best for you. If you like uh, this, you know, in a, in a contested party primary. If you're a Republican, we like this person. Then they'll do it again for the general, and then then they'll say, okay, we think this is the best choice for this office in the general election. Um, now there's no purchasing. <laughs> that goes on. It's understood by, by people who recognize the idea of rules that, okay, this is straight, you know, we, we're going to come in here, we're going to answer your questions, or I'll answer your, your questionnaire or whatever. And, you know, it's a fair process. It's a, it's a vetting. Um, and in theory, uh, the, the, the editorial side is doing its best to be uh, straightforward and honest about what it thinks is the best candidate. So that's how it's done. So I, I feel like because of events at the national level that we've defined down political decency and like we've lost the ability to be shocked. But I just want to put out, like for the audience, these are local actors in local journalism in our community who are selling access and violating rules of both campaign finance and like mm -hmm. journalism practices. Yeah. Like Evelyn, when you like when you really saw like what was happening, what was your first reaction? Uh, well, you know, it's kind of at first I was shocked. I was shocked. I thought I thought what the you know what the hell they're selling their endorsement? That's crazy. And then I also sort of thought man, they're selling it cheap too, you know, for 2,500 bucks. And then I kind of thought, you know, what I thought was kind of like Sean, which is like, this is, this is the most amazing and stupidest thing I have ever seen. And I'll, and I'll tell you why, because as I said, I, I learned about it from a candidate. I learned about it from a candidate who is in a race where his opposing candidate took the deal. So it's like Tacoma Weekly if you're going to offer four people this illegal deal of allowing for an endorsement or paying for an endorsement, don't send that deal to the same two candidates in the same race. You know, one of them is going to, is going to do something about it. Right. I mean, it's just, it's so, so to be honest with you, it's like the criminality was a surprise. Not that I thought that Tacoma weekly was a good paper. I did not. But there's certain standards below which you just don't think even a even a crappy paper is going to drop. And that's one of them. But then to be, you know, to be so stupid, it, it was, uh, you know, it was just it was just one of those moments of of absolute delight, actually, because I just thought, oh, my God, you know, I can't wait to see. Who bought this monster? You know, who fell for this nonsense? And so, and that was why, you know, I had to then go to the PDC website and there's a way you can do an advanced search to look up, you know, um, expenditures. So you can put in the name of, you know, who gets the money, just put in the name of who gets the money from any campaign and open it up. And I'll, uh, for the Tacoma Weekly, there's not a whole lot. Not a lot of people over the years have have used them. It's like Julie Anderson was the first one who paid the Tacoma Weekly $324 back in 2009. And then uh, most recently. Well, I don't want you to identify. Don't, don't identify the guilty culprits at this point because oh, okay. I want to tease that for segment two. Okay. Well, um, that's fine. Well, I will say. Uh, Julie was Julie is not the culprit. In this Julie right. is in no way is Julie the culprit. And in fact, yeah. um, I'll tell you, you know, it, it was a challenge because um, one of the one of the candidates that, that I know has taken this deal um, for some reason. It, it Oh, I know why it's not showing up uh, as an expenditure uh, made to the weekly. And I know why. And I can talk about that, too. So when you look at it right now, it only the, the expenditure reports only identify one candidate who paid the twenty five hundred dollars. 
That's an excellent tease. So we'll be back. And when we come back, we're going to hear who are the folks who actually engage in this crooked bargain. And also uh, we're going to talk about like where this ranks in all time political scandals here in Washington State and in Tacoma with our two pros. We'll be back. This is Doug Mackey, producer of the Channel 253 Podcast Network. This episode of Channel 253 is sponsored by Pacific Lutheran University. Your student can go to college just about anywhere in the world, but have you thought about the school just down the street? When it comes to their undergraduate programs, PLU is a triple threat. First, PLU has a great liberal arts program that will expand young minds and help them thrive no matter where they go after leaving our campus. Second, PLU is part of the Tacoma and South Sound community, passing on the values of civic engagement to the next generation. And finally, PLU has programs that will prepare students for some of the most important and high-demand careers post-graduation. Liberal arts, civic engagement, and professional studies, a triple threat that will help your student thrive. To learn more, visit plu.edu slash admission. Now back to the show. And we are back. I want to thank you for downloading this episode of Crossing Division, Tacoma's talk show. Uh, I'm going to keep it 100. I listen to this show every week, and it's a, a way that I stay with the pulse on what's happening in my community here in Tacoma. If you enjoy, enjoy this show and enjoy these kind of conversations that are hyper-focused on local issues, think about, no, don't think about, you should be a member of Channel 253. Channel 253 is a network of local podcasts telling stories and giving perspectives and raising up voices that don't have platforms elsewhere. And the conversations that we're having on the network in this moment are essential. And so if you like this work, please go to channel253.com slash membership and sign up. Your dollars help this happen. And it is $4 a month or $40 a year. Uh, that is cheaper than a night out in Rama. <laughs> All right. So Evelyn, mm -hmm. I, I want to ask one question before we start naming names. You are a PDC wonk. You are a trained lawyer. You are a former candidate for office who ran for the mayor of Tacoma. And so, like, you know that, like, this ain't right. Yeah. Does anybody who is involved in this scandal, in your opinion, have any room for plausible deniability not knowing that, like, this is, this is not okay? Um, well, I don't think so because the races that we're going to be talking about are actually – sort of big money races there um, with two county council races uh, and one possibly congressional race. If you had a first time candidate in a very small race um, who wasn't using any professional um, campaign assistance, wasn't using a campaign consultant or a campaign manager, I would say maybe, maybe if you had someone incredibly naive and inexperienced running for a small race, they might not know how endorsements work. But that is not the case here. Those are not the people that are running in these races. These races we're gonna talk about is one is a person who's been on the University Place City Council for a number of years and has run several campaigns. One is a lawyer in Tacoma and one is a congressional candidate. She may be the most naive, but you know, she, she's running for Congress. She's running against uh, you know, an incumbent Congressman. So um, she shouldn't be. Sean, same question for you on the journalist end. Uh, do you think there's any plausible deniability for the weekly to not know that what they were doing was uh, scandalous? Not for the weekly. Not for the weekly. I, I have a difference of opinion with Evelyn on the candidates. But um, to be clear, anybody can buy an ad, uh, mm -hmm. e even if it's an ad in a uh, crappy paper. Uh, and, and when you look at this thing, uh, there, there's, let's see, quarter print ads, full page ads, front page ads, mega block ad, eight and a half by 11 inserts, all that perfectly legit. Mm -hmm. You can buy as many ads as you want. It's the, it's the other parts. And, and it's not just the endorsement. Uh, it's the weekly editorial, mm -hmm. the cover story and the endorsement. Mm -hmm. So you're they're selling space on the front page and the editorial page and the endorsement, all of which is so laughably 
I, I almost can't describe how completely venal and stupid it is. I mean, it's just bizarre. Uh, and no, I don't think the, from the weekly end that they can possibly argue, oh, we didn't know. And I noticed uh, when Evelyn first pushed this thing out there on Twitter last week and, and you know, caused such a great big fuss, uh, that at one point somebody from the weekly said, oh, no, no, this was uh, an error. We corrected it with a different version. <laughs> and, and Evelyn was quite rightly skeptical. Uh, and, and I was too, and, I, and I, I didn't attempt to engage with the person, but I looked at it and went, okay, well, what this means is you still had to write the first version mm-hmm. with all of this absurd stuff in it that that is completely unacceptable, completely forbidden. You had to write the first one, and then what you're saying is somebody said, oh, my goodness, how could we possibly have made such a terrible error after you sent the original version to candidates? I mean, it's it doesn't stand up. So for those keeping score at home, the journalist says that the journalist knew they were doing crime and the professional, uh, the, the, let's see, the professional PDC surfer, former candidate for office, says the politicians know they were doing crime. All right. So, Evelyn, I'm almost like nervous because it's a very long thread and I'm in at all of it and I don't want to hear any friends names. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evelyn, who are the folks that engaged in this pay to play deal? So the first is. Um is Javier Figueroa, who is a mm-hmm. candidate for Pierce County Council. And he and he's the one where if you search for expenditures, um, money paid to Tacoma Weekly, you will not find him because his expenditures list himself as the recipient. His expenditure report says that Javier Figueroa paid Javier Figueroa for an in-kind expenditure and only in the description do you see Tacoma Weekly ad campaign. So that's not going to populate the database for the PDC. Wait, wait, I, I, I have to ask this question really fast. So yeah. hold, hold on, hold on. Is that kosher? No. Like, okay. So, so, so that, cause that to me, that sounds like laundering money, frankly. So, so just. So this could be, this is, it's, it's, um, so as a candidate, if I go out and let's say I purchase a bunch of, of yard signs, which is exactly what a candidate does. You go out, okay. you make the expenditure, write the check to, you know, sign company, and then you, you put it into the PDC. Well, okay, yeah, if I used a personal check, technically it's an in-kind contribution, but that's not what you're supposed to disclose. You're supposed to disclose that you spent, you know, $5,000 buying signs. Okay. So he's done this wrong. I don't know if this is intentional trying to hide money, although it is a good way to hide money. Um, or if this is an error and this has always been his um, his practice. So I think this this would be something where if there was a complaint to the PDC, they would ask him to explain why his expenditures, you know, it, it could be just he doesn't know how to do it. But I think he's working with a, um, I'd have to look it up, but if he's working with a campaign consultant, then this is the kind of error that you sort of think well, that really shouldn't happen. Amateur. It just seems very shady to me. It's very, you're saying amateur, I'm saying shady. Mm-hmm. Like, it goes to the idea that I wonder aloud on a microphone right now if these were intentionally structured as cash contributions and cash payments. Uh, so does this is this candidate writing a check to his own campaign or vice versa and then cashing that so he can hand cash to the weekly to make it less traceable? Like that that makes me suspicious. Uh, it could be. Evelyn, Evan, Evelyn, what's Mr. Figueroa's political disposition? Well, uh, currently he's running as an independent, but historically mm-hmm. he has been uh, generally he's run as a Republican. Okay, I'm just wondering if there's going to be a pattern here. I'm just just curious if there's a pattern here. All right, uh, Evelyn, who's our next uh, player on the Price Is Wrong? Well, our next player is Jason Whalen, who is also a candidate. And I should say, if you would like more information about these candidates, the Tacoma Weekly has very, very long, very nice cover stories on all of them. <laughs> all about them and all of their past behaviors. Um, so after Jose Figueroa, who has a very long cover story, we have Jason Whalen, who is an attorney in Tacoma, and he is running for Pierce County Council District 6. Um, and he is the only one who I'll say this, not only did he timely report his expenditures, but his expenditures are properly reported to the Tacoma Weekly, and he has paid them $2,500. 
So same question. What do we know about Mr. Whalen's politics? Um, you know, I don't know a lot about his politics. I don't know if he's a, you know, particularly conservative or, or moderate, but he is running as a Republican. Okay. Okay. So just two for two there, two for mm-hmm. there, two there. Uh, and wait, so help me out really fast. Position six, is that, which is that, who is that running against? Ah, okay. Okay. And Richardson is term limited, correct? Richardson is term limited, and the uh, Democrat Democratic candidate running in that way race is uh, Janie Hitchin, mm-hmm. and she did better than Jason in the uh, primary. And so the incumbent Republican is term limited, and somebody who wants to replace him is now purchasing in the endorsement of Tacoma Weekly. Yeah. Okay. Now, and keep in mind how how weirdly important this actually is. Um, mm. Right now, the uh, Pierce County Council is split-ish. It's split Republican-Democrat. I think it's four Republicans, three Democrats. And um, any change in these districts, any change from Republican to Democrat will change who's in control. And things that are at issue are things like they have tried for years now to get, the Democrats have tried to get a mental health tax passed in Pierce County. We pay it in Tacoma. Every urban county in the state has this tax. Pierce County does not. They cannot get it passed. If they can flip one or more seats, they may be able to get this tax passed. So there's actually community issues at stake in these races. And, um, you know, it makes a big difference who wins. To be clear, this particular district is the only flippable seat. All the others are rock solid either way. This is the only one currently held by a uh, Republican or conservative, Doug Richardson, that could flip. What's the geographic footprint of that district? That's more a Lakewood area. That's where Doug's from. He was the former mayor of Lakewood. So we have Javier Figueroa and we have Mr. Whalen. Uh, Ms. Lopez, who is the next contestant on The Price is Wrong? Well, this one is the one that I'm pretty sure she must have paid for the ad package because she did receive a very, very flattering and long write-up and the weekly and on August 25th. And this is uh, Elizabeth Kreiselmeyer, who is a candidate for the 6th Congressional District, which is currently uh, the district that Derek Kilmer represents. So she is a Republican, challenging oh. the incumbent. And a lot of her background is um, working on issues that have to do with um, religious freedom and free speech, like challenging the decision by a park in her local neighborhood to not put up a nativity scene um, and things like that. So I think she is more socially conservative. But I can't so, confirm that she spent the $2,500 because the FEC data is so out of date and so poor. And that goes to the point you made in the first segment that, so this is one of those examples where Washington state laws are actually better than the federal laws. Yes. And state data is better than federal data. So we have a candidate for the U.S. Congress challenging Derek Kilmer, who mayhaps has engaged in pay to play, but we won't know because the feds don't report data until later, later, later. Yeah. Hmm. And you mentioned she's a Republican, yes? Yes. Okay, okay. So that that that's three for three on Republicans, yes? Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. So so the the alt weekly in the city of Tacoma and Puget Sound region is selectively taking endorsement money. Sorry, taking campaign nope, sorry, taking ad money in exchange for their campaign contributions, primarily to Republicans. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Now so I, it, I will say I, I don't know who they made the offer to, you know. Sure. Um but you know the person who got offered who didn't take it i do i do and that person is a democrat Um, and and i also feel like i'm i've been waiting and i have been checking the pdc page because i sort of feel like well where's the fourth candidate right i mean they said this is limited to four people it's possible that only three people wanted to take the deal but um maybe there's a fourth i don't know paper right I think the only way we're going to know is when we see the next big feature cover story from the Tacoma Weekly. And then we can start digging back and see whether there's any campaign finance data to support it. And I I think calling it, by the way, Nate, an alt-weekly is a bit of an insult to alt-weeklies. The the, the Tacoma Weekly is not that kind of a newspaper. Uh, Fair enough. It it is an 
it, it's much closer to what we would think of as an old school suburban weekly, okay. uh, which is the kind of thing that I worked for very early in my career. Uh, and, and the endorsement processes were just the same. It is a, air quotes, community paper. It's not The Stranger or, or The Volcano or anything like that. There's nothing edgy about <laughs> the Tacoma Weekly. Um, and there's only one thing I'll say here about intentionality, where, where I'm, 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 I'm kind of fuzzier than Evelyn is. The way the law is written, and she'll have this you know, at her fingertips faster than I have, but the way the law is written is you can't offer uh, to sell something of value, uh, such as an article or an endorsement. Uh, and, and that puts the burden of intention on the weekly rather than the candidate. I don't know that it's so clear that you can't buy it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, but I think it's pretty plain that you can't sell it. Yeah, I think that's correct. So the so the law, the statute is RCW 4217A480. And it says that essentially a person may not solicit from a candidate for public office money or other property as a condition or consideration for an endorsement, article, or other communication in the news media promoting the candidate. So it is a law that is on the news media. News media, you can't sell your endorsements. I would say that, so no, I don't think that this is a violation for the candidates. I think it's a poor judgment indicator. Yes. candidates, And I think that's really important that voters know about that as well. I think that the the trap for the candidates is that in fact, you did purchase this and that turns the articles and anything else into advertising really. yes. and then you have failed to disclose your sponsorship information on advertising and that is on the candidate and on the campaign yes so it's a it's the, sort of like the weekly did something illegal clearly contrary to laws that really are pretty straightforward and in doing so they actually i think trapped the candidates into or the candidates colluded in an activity that was also a violation for themselves and their own campaigns. There's a danger that this is viewed as being too inside baseball mm-hmm. and like, oh, everybody does scandalous stuff. It's no big deal. So like Evelyn, can you lay out like why is this like what are the wider implications for this on local elections and on media and like the democracy in the Pierce County area? Yeah. Well first I'll say it is true that there are, it's very easy to violate the campaign finance laws. I mean, they're really, really detailed and you have to be, have a, a level of expertise to know what you're doing, which is why most campaigns, other than for the tiniest, tiniest things, hire people to do their compliance work. It, it's very important, but it isn't something that you just sort of, you know, jump into and do off the top of your head. Um, But I will say this, in the years that I have paid attention to this, and I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to this before, like um, 2015, when I uh, started um, working at the PDC, Uh, you know, a little bit, but not a lot. But since then, I I am not aware of this, this statute about paying for endorsements or paying for coverage. I have never seen it used. It does Hmm. not happen that this type of thing occurs. It does not happen. I mean, even your smallest community newspaper will take pride in being able to give useful information and honest information to the readers. Um, So this is truly a departure from all of our standards of what campaign coverage and media coverage looks like in our state. It's a shock. In In fact, when I put this all out on Twitter, and I'll explain at the end why I did it out on Twitter rather than just making a complaint to the PDC. Um, I was contacted by the Washington um, COG, the Coalition for Open Government, who do a lot of work in public records and open public meetings. And the person who contacted me just said, I, I can't believe this. He said, I'm, I am absolutely stunned by this. He said, you know, I've, I do a lot of historical research and I've seen references to this sort of thing in the past, but never, never did I think I would see this in, in modern day. So, I mean, it's big. It's a small newspaper 
it's in our local area, but the, but the um, insult to journalism and the insult to our voters and democracy is big time. It's big time. And this year in particular, I mean, I'll tell you there, usually I have a pretty well-grounded idea of who I want to vote for. There's a couple of races in Pierce County that I'm still um, uncertain about. And I'm going to rely on what the News Tribune says about those races because they will have had a chance to sit face to face and interview the candidates. I, this year, do not have that choice. Candidates are not coming to doors, which I'm all for. I don't want them coming to my doors. Um, there are no in-person forums. I mean, there's some Zoom forums and I've participated in some of them. It's not the same. You know, people are very guarded about what they're saying when they're, you know, on a Zoom meeting with, you know, 180 people. So this year, more than ever, having the newspaper give us the best, their best take on who these people are, what they stand for, and their recommendations is very important to our voters. And to know now that anything that comes out of the Tacoma Weekly needs to be viewed with uh, deep suspicion. It's not good. It's not good for our voters. It's not good for Tacoma. So, Sean, you're legendary for chasing scandals in the region. Where does this go? Like, what is what what's what happens next? <laughs> um, I, I'm in some ways I'm not sure. In part because of what Evelyn just said, which is nobody's ever been this stupid. Uh, it, it, I, one thing you can do with the PDC website, which is quite wonderful, and they've actually kind of added some bells and whistles in the, the last year or two, is you can go for, in, search for enforcement actions. And, and the PDC is the Public Disclosure Commission, which is a group of people who are appointed to this commission, and they have an executive director, uh, and they have uh, an enforcement arm with a investigatory component. And you can search all the things they've done in the past to enforce, uh, you know, actions against individuals. And you can search by statute. And this statute that we're talking about, the one about you can't sell your endorsement, there's nothing. They've never, ever had an enforcement action against it, in part because, like we just said, no newspaper would do this. Most violations at the PDC are you know, late reporting or, uh, you know, you know, kind of imperfect stuff uh, that gets fixed, which is like, you know, oh, this is three in the key. This, you know, it, it, it just happens. What you don't have is someone just taking the ball and running all the way to the other side of the court without dribbling and then dunking. It, it, you can't do this. Uh, but the, the level of um, can't do is so nuts that it, it, it sort of, mind-boggling it's a wait what angle so where what what form what happens next there will have to be some sort of triggering event either in the form of a complaint that gets filed by some interested party or it can happen that the the, the pvc via the ag becomes involved on its own because the behavior is so egregious and once in a while the pvc will forward complaints to the ag this is kind of one thing that happened with Tim Eyman. Mm -hmm. uh, and if, if the AG decides, you know, this is so crazy, we're going to have to go after them, uh, then you could see something. Um, but, but there's, on the other hand, there's such a, a, a scuzzy aspect to this that's almost so low level. You're like, well, what, what you've done over there at the Tacoma Weekly is basically telegraphed to everyone within earshot that you can't be trusted. You're a sex worker. And that's what you are. Anything you say, you, you just totally erased whatever credibility you have. Now, does that translate to legal action taken against them? I don't know. But it certainly means they've uh, e erased any credibility they might have had, which wasn't much to begin with. I guess if you're a small business or a medium-sized corporation in the area looking to advertise, uh, there's a podcast network that I know of that will take your money for 2021. All right. Uh, Evelyn, I, I want to just 
So you've taken on this role as like citizen journalist that I really appreciate. And like one of the great thrills of my life is like when Auntie Ev has time (laughs) to like go in on somebody. Um, Why did you choose to lay this out on social media in a Twitter thread instead of filing a complaint, for example? Yeah. Well, there's two reasons. I mean, one, I am somewhat um, hesitant to file a complaint myself because I because I was the executive director at the PDC for a couple of years. So Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like I I don't want to pop something in into their lap and have them think, well, now, you know, we're not sure if that if that's an extra complication that it came from this person. So I hesitate to do that. Although I will tell you, I'm going to watch. And if there is not a complaint made about the Tacoma Weekly, I will probably make that complaint because I really have concerns about this behavior. And I, and I want the message to be amplified. But here's the thing. When you file a complaint at the PDC, there's a process that occurs. And it's a, it's, it's a good process, but it's a time-consuming time process, very time-consuming. You know, they'll get the complaint, they'll send it to the party complained about, ask them for a response, then they'll start investigating. And it can take um, months or, or sometimes even years for a complicated matter. Elections don't wait for that. And the PDC has, by practice, when I was there, I was trying to use social media to push some of this information out into the public arena so that people would know what was going on. But it wasn't always successful, to be frank. I got some, I had some real negative interactions and some negative experiences, mostly based on my own uh, lack of knowledge. That I, but the, but the uh, person who was in charge of the commission at the time was, was pretty horrified. And, and after I left, they really have not been much of a presence on social media. And so um, if I made a complaint to the PDC, no one would know about it. You know, hmm. it might be noted on the PDC um, website. If you went searching for it, you might find something, but it wouldn't be out in the public arena. If I put it out on Twitter, um, because I, because now I know a lot of people and I follow a lot of journalists, there's a chance that first, it'll catch people's eye. And second, maybe someone else will take a look at this story too. I don't know if anyone is, I hope someone is, but I don't know. But it's the best I can do to try to get information out to voters because that election's coming up, right? We're less than two months away and uh, these issues are really important. So, um, so that's why I, I would prefer to use social media because it allows you to have direct access to the public. Um, you, I think you have to be careful. I mean, I think you can, if you're really irresponsible and you don't uh, check your documents and you don't try to be um, accurate, then you're just putting garbage out there like everyone else. But I, I try to be careful. And if I'm going to, if I put it out there, I'm going to have it backed up and it's, and you may disagree with me, which is sure. fine. But at least it's then out in the, it's out there in the public and people can discuss it and people can look at it and people can have opinions. And, and I think that's healthier and better for our um, system and our democracy. Well said. Well said. Uh, Sean, closing thoughts? I would say this is a tricky thing from a journalism standpoint because you would think after uh, Evelyn drops that uh, nuke, uh, on social media that uh, other news outlets would write about it. Yeah. Uh, and they haven't. And hmm. um, particularly the TNT, but it, I don't think it's because it's, uh, oh, we, you know, we, we, we're, we're worried that this isn't true. I think everybody knows it's true. And I think there is within the admittedly shrinking community of local and regional newspapers, there's knowledge of who's who and what's what. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is a tradition kind of unspoken of not punching down uh, among the dailies where it's like, okay, well, they really did something stupid there, but we're not going to make a story out of it because we, we don't want to give them any more attention. And it, it's sort of this natural thing that's always existed. Um, and there's a lot of knowledge locally about that publication that we haven't, aired in this conversation. A lot of things people know uh, that aren't getting discussed here, and I'm not going to go into those discussions. Um, But I I think my main reaction is 
there's a self-immolating quality to what they've done. Where, where, where it just feels like, okay, uh, you, you are swirling, swirling, swirling in a downward spiral. And, and, and this is just evidence of that. And that was my main reaction is we're getting close to the end of this particular publication. There's so much to be cynical about that it's hard to like, you get buried in scandals, but like sometimes you have to stop and say like, right is right and wrong is wrong. And a publication selling its endorsements and selling space on the editorial page for $2,500 is wrong. Period. Full stop. Evelyn, thank you for allowing me to host your show. And thanks for being a guest on the show. Uh, if folks want to follow either of you on the socials, where should they look? Sean, we'll start with you. I'm uh, on Twitter at Sean Robinson, S-E-A-N-R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N, and then the numeral one, and then E4, which is a chess move, uh, because that's my thing. Sean, one more. If people want to find, like, do you have an archive anyway of some of your, some of your stories that are, like, centralized in one place, or are they just kind of everywhere? Well, they are, if you're a subscriber to the News Tribune, the ones of recent vintage going back to, say, 2010, a lot of them are there. Uh, I don't have a personal archive. Uh, I probably should, but I don't. Um, and I'm teaching now, so I'm, I'm, I'm less involved there. There are a, a few little things I've done for Channel 253, and you might see more of that from me before long. Great. And Evelyn, where should people follow you on the socials? Uh, so on Twitter, I am at true underscore Tacoma. Um, or you can look up my name, Evelyn Fielding Lopez, and it should lead you to that. Uh, on Facebook, I also have a Facebook page called True Tacoma. Um, and I, I try to put anything that is, I think, of general interest, I will try to put up on Facebook as well as Twitter. Twitter's a little bit of an easier medium to work in. Um, but I, I have a lot of friends, especially um, old family members who are Facebook people. So Facebook still too. Evelyn, I want to personally thank you on your own show for your diligence in doing this work. Uh, your disclosure about the, uh, the, the, the ad funded by the realtors against Tawana Franklin was really informative and like forced realtors to turn and confront their, their organization. And your work here has been important too. So Evelyn, thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, I am Nate and you've listened to Crossing Division. Thank you. Did you know Channel 253 is member-supported? I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I hope you will show your support by going to channel253.com membership and join. Thank you. Crossing Division is part of the Channel 253 Podcast Network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, We Art Tacoma, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounder's B-Team, Citizen Tacoma, What Say You, and Gimme the Mic. This is Channel 253.